0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the VLL broadcast for this week. It is September 5th as I speak, and that means it is Labor Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody listening. We have a lot to talk about labor, and it is awesome. I like work. I like being able to do work. Work is a wonderful thing. And for everybody out there, I hope that you had today off. You should be appreciated and celebrated For the work that you do. In fact, we should all be grateful for the workers in our lives, for people who have jobs or who tend to their children, for people who, by the sweat of their brow, earn their living, because it is that very vocation which shows love for your neighbor. Let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, if you have a Bible handy, and let's go ahead and go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2 to see how. Scripture talks about toil and labor and jobs. Starting in verse 18 here, Solomon says, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about, and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. Now, that sounds pretty negative, doesn't it? On the concept of work and toil, here is Solomon in the later years of his life saying, Oh my goodness, I fell into such despair because I'm doing all of this work, and I see all these people who are just full of sorrow and problems, and there's no rest. And my goodness, how can this be? Especially if someone comes after me who did not earn a single thing that I brought to the table. It sounds almost like Solomon here, as king, is despising even the notion that he would leave an inheritance for his son. Because, well, if I have to die and I can't enjoy it, well, this kid of mine, Rehoboam, he hasn't really earned any of this. What's going on here? Now, it sounds like that. But let's read the rest of this passage. Let's read the rest of chapter 2 here and see maybe maybe he's getting at something different. Starting in verse 24. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw, is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him... God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to the one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. I love that passage. I love how much that clarifies what Solomon is really getting at here, and in a whole lot of Ecclesiastes. When he writes in verse 18 through 23 that all a man's days are full of sorrow. His work is a vexation. He's speaking about all this meditation that he does on whether it's fair. He's working, but for who? (laughs) Who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Is my son going to screw up everything that I worked for? Is my legacy gone after this? And he's speaking from this mindset of fairness, of worth, of meaning. And then he does a double take in verse 24. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This gives us a different focal point here. Let's look at work not as a means to an end, as a means to some glorious paradise on earth that I think I'm going to achieve. Solomon says in those previous verses, listen that's just not going to happen because I'm going to die. I'm not going to achieve heaven on earth. I'm not going to have perfection in this life, and I'm not going to live forever as King Solomon of Israel. No, I'm going to die and go into the beyond, going into the afterlife. Hopefully heaven. I honestly do believe Solomon repented of his sins. But instead of looking at these things in terms of some lofty paradise, here he is in verse 24 saying, Wait, eat and drink you have blessings. Enjoy them. Find enjoyment in your toil. Look on the bright side of that work. Look at the good things you can do with it. Find it as a blessing. Use the gifts that God has given you. He says, this also I saw is from the hand of God. God wants us to enjoy the process. Not necessarily enjoying all the bad stuff that happens, all the sorrows, the conflicts, all the terrible things in life. But when it comes to our work, when it comes to the simple blessings that we have, like a nice cold beer or waking up and kissing your sweetheart on the cheek or, I don't know, the nice for the single guys out there, having peace and quiet or just being able to come home after work and just sit and relax for a few minutes. <laughs> it's these little blessings that come into our life that Solomon wants us to see and enjoy. And let's face it, when it comes to work too, Solomon says to find enjoyment in our toils. Well, because it's from God. If he gives it to you to work, you might as well embrace it. You see, the point of Ecclesiastes isn't to say life is meaningless and everything sucks. It really isn't. In fact, Luther talks about this too. Luther on Ecclesiastes, he says, "You must not understand this book to be reviling God's creatures when it says all is vanity and a striving after wind, for God's creatures are all good per Genesis 1:31 and 1st Timothy 4:4. And this book itself says that a man shall be happy with his wife and enjoy life, etc." It teaches, rather, that the plans and undertakings of men in their dealings with the creatures all go wrong and are in vain, if one is not satisfied with what is presently at hand, but wants to be their master and ruler for the future. That's how it always goes, backwards, so that a man has had nothing but wasted toil and anxiety. Things turn out anyway as God wills and purposes, not as we will and purpose. To put it briefly, Christ says in Matthew 6:34, Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have its own anxiety. It is enough that every day has its own evil. This saying is really the interpretation and content of this book. Anxiety about us is God's affair. Our anxiety goes wrong anyhow and produces nothing but wasted toil. Solomon invites us to enjoy our labors and to not flip out about it. He invites us to be at peace as much as possible and to find things that we can thoroughly enjoy in life and in labor. And speaking of enjoying blessings, in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, King Solomon says from verse 7 onward, "...go eat your bread with joy." And drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white, let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. You see, God knows you as an individual. He has given you a portion, as Solomon says, of good things, of good labors to do, of conveniences and blessings that you can enjoy and rejoice in. I've got a ceiling fan going on in my room right now, in this recording room, that cools everything down. I am happy about that. I praise God for that blessing, because otherwise this really hot, stinking room, with the sun just beats down on it as I uh, work all day here at the Very Lutheran Project. I praise God for that ceiling fan. He invites me in Ecclesiastes to rejoice and with a grateful heart go about my labors for this project with a nice little ceiling fan, with a nice little cigarillo that I have here to take the edge off while I try and record on Labor Day. God invites us to enjoy these blessings. Now, in verse 10, We might see a little bit more of a downer verse when King Solomon says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. He's talking about the grave, and he doesn't really have much to say about the afterlife. Now, regarding that, of course, we understand. We have heaven to wait for, we have heaven to rejoice in, and we have the resurrection to look forward to. Now that doesn't take away from what King Solomon is saying. That does not take anything away from what he's saying. It actually just enhances it. King Solomon says, I'm going to die and I'm going to go to Sheol. This is all that I know really about the afterlife, so you might as well enjoy the life and labors that you have instead of being anxious and resentful and bitter about everything. Come on. Meanwhile, the Christian says, well, you know, this life, I'm not God, I'm not going to be in control of everything, and I'm not going to set up my own personal heaven and paradise, but I can enjoy the life and labors that God gives me, knowing that I get even better in the afterlife. This world right now is the closest to hell the believer ever gets to. And it's the closest thing to heaven that the non-believer ever gets to, as tragic as that is to say. But for me, Even in a place like Earth, even in a dark, dank, ugly place like the world today in 2022, I can still find enjoyment in the life that God has given me. And I can look forward to the resurrection after that and say, whoa, it gets even better. It gets perfect. That's a great thing for me to do. That's a great thing for anybody to do. It is a wonderful thing to look at this and say King Solomon's message is enhanced. It is emphasized. It is underlined and made even better by our Lord Jesus Christ, having died for our sins and risen so that we too will have eternal life with an even better portion than we experience here with our jobs, with our cars, with our rooms, our beds and everything. Even better. Perfect without any of the downsides to living here on earth. And remember, this is your ministry. The work that you do, loving your neighbor by doing a good job, by being a good employee, by being a good business owner or employer, doing good things so that your product helps your customers, not cheating them, not conning them, having a fair price, etc. and so forth. Doing a good job, that is... A ministry that is done to please our Lord from Colossians chapter 3 verse 17 whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him even when you go to work even when you drive carefully on the freeway and try to avoid getting into an accident everything we do it's part of a ministry Now, don't get me wrong, yes, there is laity and there are pastors. Everybody has their different share in what they do in the body of Christ. But everything you do as a laborer, as an employee, is just as honorable, just as commendable before God as anything I do as a pastor. I don't ever want anybody to say, oh, well, I'm not holy. I'm not really doing anything for God. It's the pastor that does that for me, and I just confess my sins. I am a lowly, laity worm. No, no, not at all. Take some pride in knowing that everything you do, everything in your job, everything in how you treat your family, your wife, your kids, your friends, that's part of an overarching ministry in your life that pleases our Lord. If you go about it in a Christian way, giving thanks to God, doing it as unto God, he rejoices. It pleases God to see you treating your life as a big ministry. In fact, most workers that do that are most likely, they're superior to anything I do as a professional, quote-unquote, servant of God, as a pastor, as a minister. I thank you all who work. I thank you all who even if you are a housewife, if you are a homemaker, you're doing a wonderful work before God, raising children in the Lord, doing good labor to please your husband, to help your children, to make a house a home. That kind of labor is good labor to do. And it is a wonderful thing that you should be honored for. You deserve that kind of credit that kind of thanks and thank you to everybody who works because you make the world go around you make everything i do possible (laughs) if it weren't for the uh, guys working at the electric company do you think that the vlp would have anything uploaded if it weren't for people out there growing grain and selling food i mean you couldn't have a very lutheran project because i'd be out there scavenging food trying to trap rats or something like that everybody coming together like this in our labors, we rejoice. I rejoice to see everything you're doing. It is a ministry. I celebrate what God has done in my life through other people blessing me with their labors. And I want to be a blessing to other people through that. So don't ever feel ashamed of your job. Don't ever call it a a mick job or a terrible gig job. Whatever you do, let's do it heartily as unto the Lord and rejoice that God has given us that opportunity. Now, somebody might take umbrage with me saying that, well, housewives, homemakers are included in this and should be celebrated on Labor Day. They should get as much of a day off as possible. That might sound a little like, oh, well, it's not really a job. Oh, but it is. This is the same passage from Colossians chapter three, and we're going to reread verse 17, and we're going to keep going. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord." "...fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Slaves obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with the sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ." For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. The doctrine of vocation says, It's not that I have to work, it's that I get to work. Yes, there is the curse given to all men in Eden, saying, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. But Adam was put to work in the garden before there was any curse. It was just pleasurable to do that labor, much in the same way people enjoy tending their garden, the same way Mr. Miyagi enjoys clipping his tiny little bonsai tree. That's the kind of labor Adam was doing in the garden and having a great time with it. Then the curse happens and then it's not always labor that we want to do. It can be hard don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you have to pretend to be happy every time you get up and your boss treats you unfairly, but we should have an attitude of gratitude and an attitude of thankfulness and rejoicing that God has seen fit to give every single Christian a ministry, something wonderful to do. Where it feels pointless at times At the very least, pointless, if I want to live forever here on this fallen earth and if I want to create my own heaven, it's very vain and vexing if I want to be God. But as somebody who has been given his portion and blessing by the Lord our God, I rejoice in what God has given me to do and the blessings that he gives me to make it all possible. The strength that he gives us to complete our tasks it's something to rejoice in whatever station you're in in life, whether that is a husband and a laborer, a wife and a homemaker, even a child, somebody who's just a kid. You still have your own ministry to do in being a good kid, a good dependent (laughs) that wants to honor his father and mother. God rewards that Let's reread it real quick. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. An inheritance, a wonderful inheritance, heaven in addition to this. So we know that not only is our labor something we can try to enjoy, that we can try to find the best in and see the best in, but it's something that has even better after it. I can enjoy every single day knowing that eternity is before me, far outweighing any difficulty and hardship that I go through now. Now, am I denying the theology of the cross that says this world blows chunks, that this world is dog diarrhea blown into the face of every single Christian because of how hard it really is? I am not denying that at all. But even knowing that the theology of the cross is reality they gave our savior a crown of thorns how dare we expect a crown of roses that is 100 percent true it's also true that we are commanded to rejoice always by the apostles we are told that there is so much good waiting for us on the other side where heaven is we are told that there's so much good happening now that i can say yes With patience, I am going to endure the troubles of life and the labors and toils and the pains that come with them, looking at the blessings God has given me, especially the chief blessing of salvation. Every single one of us should take that tack. Somebody might opine to me, but don't you see the world and don't you know how hard I have it as a Worker, Don't you know how difficult all this is for me? And you're right, I don't see that. I don't know what you're going through. But I will tell you that God does see it. God does see how hard it is for you. And we pray to him for relief that it might be made easier. If it is the Lord's will, it will be made easier for you. But in the meantime, I would implore you to find something you enjoy in all of it. Something that you can look forward to. And if maybe not something you can look forward to at at the workplace, indeed something you can look forward to when you get home. Something to say, hey, this isn't all so, so, so bad. The world is already pretty rotten and dirty. (laughs) At the very least, I can enjoy all the good things that I have in my life. And, well, look forward to even better in the future. I think that's honestly... One of the bigger points of Ecclesiastes is enjoy the process. With the gospel we agree with King Solomon and say yeah I'm going to go ahead and enjoy the process and I'm also going to look forward to the future which is ten times better than anything I could think of. Actually a hundred times better. A million times better. I mean it's eternal life with Jesus Christ our Lord. There ain't no problems there and nothing's gonna feel vain in light of all that. So that said It's going to be a little bit shorter of a recording today because, well, it's Labor Day for me and my family too, and I'm going to try to give my wife a little bit of a day off here. Again, happy Labor Day, everybody. I thank you and I honor you for everything that you do, for all your support that you give to the Very Lutheran Project and to all the support you give to your neighbor, which includes me, for how you work, how you labor, everything you do. Let it be sanctified before God in thanksgiving and rejoicing. Amen and amen.